it's Loom Group's Andrea Lay, Backview's Melissa Burdick, the wizard of Woodland Hills Shree, and I'm PVSB from Flywheel, a division of Omnicom, and I'm coming to you today from the Catskills. Be playing Heckinger's Tuesdays and Thursdays. Before we get to the CPG Guys episode you've downloaded, it's the week of May 6th, and it's time for the Fresh Four, for curated news stories from the past week. We find them dependably intriguing. We hope you do too. We're brought to you through our partnership with Retail Wit, your one-stop shop for retail industry intelligence news, retailwit.com. It's retail right now. Over to you, Shree. In case you're wondering what this background is, I'm at, I'm at my father-in-law's house all the way in Chennai, India for the next couple of weeks. So what's the message of the week? Kroger Precision Marketing strikes a partnership with none other than Yahoo DSP. So Yahoo DSP advertisers now have access to KPM's audiences for both reach and measurement. Partnership marks KPM's second DSP partnership since last fall and ushers in a new focus on commerce media for Yahoo advertising in particular. Collaborations like this one will define the next phase of growth in retail media as retailers recognize the limitations of monetization on their own digital properties and seek incremental growth by expanding offsite. This is said by Sara Marzano, principal analyst at eMarketer. For advertisers, the delayed but still impending deprecation of third-party cookies, which is now on its way, continues to underpin every decision regarding digital advertising dollars. So solutions that safeguard their investments against that hold increasing appeal. Over to you, Andrea. Hello, Fresh 4 listeners. Walmart adds a new grocery line to its private brand's portfolio. Walmart has announced a new private label grocery brand called Better Goods. The line includes 300 items spanning categories such as frozen, dairy, snacks, beverages, pasta, soups, coffee, and chocolate. With most items priced under $5, Better Goods focuses on three key components, culinary experiences, plant-based, and made without. The retailer said Better Goods marks not only its largest private food brand launch in two decades, but also its fastest grocery brand brought to market. Over to you, Melissa. Thanks, Andrea. Uh, so, Savemark companies roll out in-store retail media networks. It's not enough that we have online. Now we're moving to in-store retail media networks. The Savemark companies plans to roll out in-store connect, an in-store retail media network powered by Quad Graphics Inc. To start, 16 of the grocery company stores will have digital screens, kiosks, end caps, shelf screens, and vertical banners throughout, allowing CPG partners to showcase promotions, product information, and recommendations to shoppers. The program will eventually roll out to all the Savemark companies, approximately 200 stores. This is Savemark's latest retail media effort, coming almost a year after a launch of its own retail media network. Over to you, Peter. Thanks, Melissa. Rite Aid expands Uber Eats' partnership for alcohol delivery in eight states. Nearly 1,000 Rite Aid stores will now offer alcohol delivery via retailers' expanded partnership with Uber Eats. Customers of legal drinking aid can get delivery from select stores in California, Idaho, Michigan, New York, Ohio, Oregon, Virginia, and Washington. Quote, our collaboration and trusted partnership with Uber Eats underscores our commitment to meet the evolving needs of our customers and providing a seamless digital shopping experience complements their busy lives, unquote, said Jeannie Walden, Senior Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer at Rite Aid, the U.S.'s third largest pharmacy retailer. That's it for the Fresh Four. Now on to the CPG Guys episode that you've downloaded. Welcome to another episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Our co-hosts, Sri Rajagopalan, 
Peter V.S. Bond explore how brands and retailers engage with consumers online, in-store, and everywhere in between. And now, here are Sri and Peter. Hello and welcome again to the CPG Guys podcast. I'm PVSB, one of the aforementioned CPG Guys. I'm also the Senior Vice President of Commercial Strategy at Fetch Rewards, the mobile consumer engagement platform. It's advertising week here in Manhattan. Later today, I'll be on stage speaking with Wes Schroll, founder and CEO of Fetch Rewards. My co-host, Shri, is not with me today, so I'm hosting this episode solo. Before we get to our guest, I'll remind you that all of our content may be found by visiting cbgguys.com. We've got a new website, and it's easily organizing all of our episodes into topic contents like retail media loyalty and user-generated content. If you aren't already following us on LinkedIn, you really should. 17,000 other industry professionals are. Just open up your LinkedIn app or go to LinkedIn on your desktop browser. And when you get there, enter CPG Guys in the search box. When you come to our page, click the blue follow button. That way you'll be privy to all the tremendous content. We produce new stuff every day. And guess what? Free of charge. Won't cost you anything. Remember to check out a couple of our sister podcast. First, the FMCG guys over in Europe with Daniel and Efrain. They take our format and speak with fast-moving consumer goods and retail professionals from a European perspective. And the newest addition to our platform, of course, is Jennifer and Risa. They host the CPG Scoop. They conduct snackable conversations with industry veterans. It's a fun way to discover what's new and next in CPG commerce and marketing. Visit cpgscoop.com to learn more. And of course, we are proud to partner with Next Up, aka Network of Executive Women, whose mission it is to advance all women in business and promote the cause of gender equality and career development. Please visit nextupisnow.org slash CPG guys. Yes, we have a landing page to learn more about this great group. So today's episode features our favorite topic. Of course, we're talking about retail media, and we're particularly happy to welcome a major icon in this rapidly expanding channel. Late last year, the Albertsons Companies announced the formation of Albertsons Media Collective to provide shopper-centric and engaging branded content to customers across Albertsons digital properties. Prior to today's episode, we heard from Evan Havorka, who leads core product development at Albertsons Media Collective. And as we record this, our newest episode features Claire Wyatt, head of business strategy and marketing science. She's talking about measurement and incrementality. Today's guest is the proverbial hat trick of our conversation with Albertsons Media Collective. I'm, I'm trying to be with you. I, I'm <laughs> yeah. Prior to joining Albertson, she served as Senior Vice President of Brand Innovation at Bed Bath & Beyond. More notably, she previously led Roundell, the retail media arm of the Target Corporation. Please join me in welcoming to the podcast, Christy Argelin. Christy, greetings. How are you? I'm doing quite well. Thank you. Thanks for having me today. It's great to have you. It's Advertising Week here in New York, so yes. taking advantage of you being here, we can do this live instead of over a Zoom call. <laughs> uh, before we get to the questions that I prepared, uh, would you please let our audience know first where on the web they can learn more about Albertsons Media Collective, and would you kindly give us a brief overview of your responsibilities? Sure. 
um, I think probably the best place to capture some of the work that we're doing at Albertsons Media Collective is through our LinkedIn profile. Okay. Uh, and then we also have a uh, website, albertsonsmediacollective.com. Okay. And your responsibilities? There. So my responsibilities is to lead the Albertsons retail media practice. Uh, and it is a standalone entity within the company. And um, my time, as well as my team's time, is 100% dedicated to building that capability so that we can better serve our customers and our clients. That's terrific. So for the audience, we're going to include in the digital liner notes of this podcast so you don't have to write any of this down, hyperlinks to Christie's LinkedIn profile, to Albertson's Media Collective on LinkedIn, and the website you mentioned as well. So all in there, just 90-plus percent of you are using your mobile app to uh, listen to this episode. It's all in there. Just click the hyperlinks. It's no problem. All right. Let's kick off the conversation. I've got a couple of questions for you. The first one is, let's start at a high level and get some background on you. Can you walk us through what you consider some of the pivotal professional experiences that really led to developing your subject matter expertise in the field of retail media? Oh, sure. I'd be happy to. So I grew up in the ad business on the media side. I worked both on the creative side as well as the media agency side and um, worked for some of the biggest advertisers out there as well as some of the coolest and sometimes they were the same thing Uh, and um, probably uh, gained the most significant experience that led to this space Uh, when I uh, was working in the Bay Area during the first big dot-com boom and bust Mm -hmm. Uh, so a ton of experience in Uh, advertising technology, a lot of the things that were really changing the way that we actually behaved as consumers. And then um, also had a stint where I was running Microsoft's uh, media business at an agency and had an opportunity to run all of Microsoft's uh, global digital programs that were going on. And out of that, we actually... uh, created one of the first training desks. Okay. Um, and what was going on with them is we had thousands of marketers all over the world within Microsoft who had tiny little budgets, mm-hmm. and we had to take the humans out of the process of, of buying all of that media. And so very early on had some enthusiasts on the team that started to build what um, beca- eventually became Cadreon, okay. uh, which was is one of the is the big training desk that media brands has. Okay. Okay. Uh, in July of 2021, you present with the opportunity to join Albertsons companies in creating what is now known as Albertsons Media Collective. What was appealing about this opportunity to you based upon your prior experience? Yeah. Um, you know, it was kind of interesting to me. So again, digital marketing, a huge part of my background. Mm-hmm. I went to Target and um, they had a really um, well-developed shopper marketing capability, uh, and then, um, but it hadn't yet really tightly integrated the first-party data um, that become, is so instrumental to what a retail media network is today. That was the pivot, right, from mm-hmm. shopper marketing to retail media. And um, so to have the opportunity to kind of take that first step from shopper marketing to retail media at Target was a really important piece for me. And then... Um, when I got the call from Albertsons, what I was struck by is that they are in the Fortune 50 group, um, and their sales are significant. 
yet they were outsourcing their retail media practice at that point. And so um, what they were looking to do is to bring in the right talent to be able to start to build that capability in-house. And so when I looked at the stats, I knew that this should be one of the top five retail media yeah. networks in, in the U.S. without question. Um, it was just a position that they needed to, to claim. And then when I got to know the leadership team at Albertsons, it was a no-brainer. I wasn't really looking. Um, and it just happened to be one of those gifts from heaven that dropped down. And it not only was the right business situation, but also the right leadership situation. And to have the um, executive suite of the company so involved in what I what this team is doing has just made it, it makes it easy. That's terrific. You mentioned uh, the concept of talent. When you build a retail media platform from the ground up, you really do have to start with talent. So how did you go about assembling a team that could build what you would call the best-in-class platform? Yeah, um, it's kind of the beauty of having had some experience already because I could see where the best work was being done mm -hmm. um, and to start to think about, do I have the talent already at Albertsons um, that could be the foundation for that and the answer to that is yes. Um, there's a bunch of really talented digital marketing people. There are very talented people who understand how this really complex organization operates. Um, so they know how to move freely about the organization. Um, and then the engineering team is spectacular. And so that already sat there as a foundation. And then to bring in a couple of other key people that I already knew from the industry that I knew would be a good add to that mix already um, has been the key piece. But it's clear there's not enough talent in this space. Mm -hmm. There just is not enough talent to go around for all the demand, not only that we have today for retail media, but for where this is going. Like, I don't know what we're going to do. With the explosive nature of this industry, I... I, I I uh, frequently joke about the fact that my dry cleaner down the street is opening up a retail media platform. <laughs> she has a bulletin board on the wall, and she calls that her retail media platform. <laughs> but in, in, in all... Yeah, the, the way that I say it is, I, I got to get you one of those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, when you were at Grocery Shop, I heard you on stage talking about how you needed to build a platform that justified to brands why they needed to invest with you, not just expecting because you were one of the top five retailers in the country that uh, you were entitled right. to their investment, that you wanted to earn that investment. So what were some of the core elements of the platform that you determined needed to be included in the offering that would be truly meaningful brands that would earn their investment? Yeah, I think um, probably the biggest piece is measurement. Yep. And um, yeah, I, there are so many similarities in the foundation of a retail media network. You have on-platform inventory, which is your site and your app. And then you have off-platform inventory, which is going to tend to be the usual suspects that you you know buy inventory in and match with your audiences. The key is whether or not you're measuring it in a way that a client feels comfortable and that they believe what you're actually um, saying you did in terms of performance. And so one of the more important things that we're doing is the transparency and how. Mm -hmm. 
mm -hmm. a methodology for, of measurement. Um, I know that you're um, big into incrementality oh, as are we. It's certainly Shree's favorite word now. <laughs> it, it is. It is. I can hear Shree right now. <laughs> he says it with a glimmer. Right in it. Like, <laughs> he does. Incrementality. <laughs> if you could have like glitter fall yeah, every he time he says it. <laughs> um, and we're leaning way into incrementality and we are sharing the methodology with our clients and we've built it in a way where our clients are saying, I believe that methodology and I appreciate that, you know, it, it takes extra cost, extra time for us to have our analysts really focused on it. But we know that that's a big, not only a big differentiator, but it's something that we as retail media networks owe to our clients. Yeah. Um, because when you just do ROAS, they're like, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't think that's <laughs> even table stakes anymore. It, it I, isn't. I think yeah. it's yesterday's news at it, this point. It really is. And there's so much frustration around, stop telling me about ROAS. Yes. It's not helpful. No, it isn't. Uh, let me remind our audience that we are speaking today with Chrissy Argelin, Senior Vice President of Retail Media at the Albertsons Companies. We've heard some of your colleagues, notably Evan and Claire, who were previously on episodes of this podcast, describe Albertsons Media Collective as having late mover advantage. Would you please describe how you see this coming to life and why brands should actually consider this advantageous? Yeah, I mean, a couple of things. Um, one of the things we just talked about, which is ROAS mm -hmm. and measurement. So we don't have to build a really elaborate ROAS measurement capability because we know that that's not where this is going. And so we are thinking about how do we take it a step further to incrementality? And then more importantly, how do we start to build things in an open um, architecture sort of way so that we can plug into what all of our key clients are doing. So we're, you know, we talk a lot about being a co-op garden, um, kind of the anti-walled garden. So we know already that one of the biggest issues that retail media networks are dealing with is that they've built more walled gardens, more platforms that people have to go to. So we're leaning into bringing our measurement to market, bringing our audiences to market in ways that hasn't been done before. Um, but also just think about fundamentally, um, computing power has changed, cloud capability has changed, clean rooms are a big part oh. of this. Um, eventually, whether you believe it or not, blockchain could actually impact how we think about how we're managing our data. Okay. So we're building things now contemplating that. We're not building things based on old uh, data management infrastructure. And that is really freeing for us. That's one of the reasons why our engineers can move so quickly because Albertsons itself, because of all the transformation it's gone through, doesn't have a lot of legacy systems. And um, we joke about it, calling the you know calling that the Frankenstack. You have to take you have to take the old things and kind of ratchet new things on it, mm -hmm. and hope that it, it can actually get you through the next eighteen months. And we don't have to do that. And that, to me, is the late mover advantage. We know that at some point that late mover advantage could end up in a Frankenstein. So we have to, we're really mindful of always having that nimble plug in and plug out of key partners as new capability comes on board. All right, you're giving me a new hashtag for this episode, Frankenstein. So we're going <laughs> to be using that. Sweet. That's great. All right. Now, you discussed about how Albertsons decided to bring this in-house and in creating Albertsons Media Collective, but you're not operating in a silo. You've built quite a number of powerful partnerships. We'd love for you to discuss the uh, how these partnerships 
are contributing to the solutions that you're offering, particularly as it relates to programmatic, uh, advertising management. What are some of these partnerships and, and why did you establish them? Yeah, so there are some that we just need to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even in that space, we're trying to innovate. Um, so I, I would call that kind of the foundational tech that just has to push a lot of digital ad banners out mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, but some of the more innovative work that we're doing is sitting in, I would say, um, probably the easiest example is the trade desk, yeah. the pilot that we're running with them right now, which is um, with appropriate um clearances to be able to go in because it does involve our first party data Um, in the trade desk platform you can build audiences you can execute it against your own media buy and then you can use our our measurement to understand whether or not it actually drove a business outcome to me that's a retail media network we're bringing our most valuable assets Mm -hmm. to the marketplace letting buyers buy because they do that and we hear from a lot of our biggest clients that they actually feel like they negotiate better media rates or they want to use their own media rates. So if we can add our audiences and our measurement to that core component of how they execute, then I think that's a win for everybody. That's pretty good. So um, your colleague, Claire, was here. She talked a lot about ROAS and we talked about incrementality. That's very important. How do your, how does your team partner with brands to deliver a best-in-class experience for them that says uh, they're they're sure that this is a great investment for them. What is it that you're seeing from the brands that have been working with you that is leading to best in class results? So, you I don't I don't know if this will strike you as odd or not, mm-hmm. but the things that I am hearing most often from our clients right now is, don't come to me and tell me what my percentage investment needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, talk, and a lot, they hear that a lot from other sources. I'm struck by how it's much it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it is kind of crazy. And I'm sure I have people out there that do that once in a while too, okay. because that's kind of how you think about it. But mm-hmm. um, we are very clear that we need to start with a consumer. Mm-hmm. And then we need to talk about how that consumer is going to drive growth for that partner, right. for that client. Yep. And then we can talk about, and we should be making money because we're, we're driving one and two. Um, and so just reversing the order in which retail media networks are talking to clients is, it's so oddly fundamental, but it's so uh, also oddly missing. Um, Integral, I think, to driving success for your, your late mover status in this absolutely, space. Absolutely, absolutely. And it goes back to what you said at the beginning, which is we want to earn the money. Right. We don't want to take it. Yeah. Like I, I, you know, again, I grew up on the media that side just, of the business. That just becomes a tax on doing business and, right. and, and not how brands it, want to grow their business. Yes. Yes. And I know, you know, having been a media professional in my whole career, I know that eventually you'll get punished for that. Right. Cause that's yeah. not partnership. Yeah. So uh, my last question for you is if we record this episode, you are preparing to speak at advertising week later today in New York city about how retail data is making better marketers. What are some of your key takeaways from this presentation? I would say um, what I really appreciate is that the industry is really clear that um, the data ecosystem is changing. Mm -hmm. And I think they're more clear now that one of the largest um, high-fidelity data sources that's in the marketplace is retail media. Um, And I also think that it's clear that uh, new partners need to come in. So you've got pair that 
is announced by Google, and you've got the ID that Trade Desk is using as well, the UID. Um, I appreciate that these big media platforms are leaning in to try to offer different ways to come to market and to be able to have high-quality audiences um, married with what retailers are doing, married with what they are already seeing, um, and just bringing it to the marketplace in a way that people can now go back to transacting with confidence. Part of what's happening with people really looking at the data they've been transacting off of is that they're realizing how much garbage has been in there Mm -hmm. for a very long time. The fidelity is pretty low. I used to call it the pixelated lady versus really knowing a person. (laughs) Or, you know, we now know real people doing real things um, versus what we think lots of people might be doing. And you just naturally see much better results when you start to transact off of a data pool that's made up of more first-party data. That's great. I want to remind our audience that all of our content, all of our episodes, it can all be found at cpgguys.com. It's all free. And if you think your company or you have something to contribute to this conversation, please drop us a line at contact at cpgguys.com. Maybe you can appear on this podcast as well. Don't forget to drop us a rating. Go to cpgguys.com at the top of the page in the navigation menu. There's the rating and review section. We'd like to know your feedback and tell us who you'd like to hear us invite on the podcast to talk with us as well. And of course, to our 17,000 LinkedIn followers and growing, we're greatly appreciative of your followership and we are trying and striving to deliver to you meaningful content each and every episode. Christy, thanks for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate you taking some time to tell us about everything going on at Albertsons Media Collective. And thank you for having me. And I appreciate the uh, fact that you're so supportive of retail media and everything that the sector is doing. So it is. It's our favorite topic here in the CPG podcast. (laughs) Anyhow, to our audience, thanks for joining us today. And we look forward to speaking with you on the next episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Goodbye. Content in this podcast episode is provided for general informational purposes only. By listening to our episode, you understand that no information contained in this episode should be construed as advice from CPG Guys LLC or the individual author, hosts, or guests, nor is it intended to be a substitute for research on any subject matter. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by CPG Guys LLC. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The views expressed by CPG Guys LLC do not represent the views of their employers or the entity they represent. CPG Guys LLC expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages arising out of any individual's use of reference to, or inability to use this podcast or the information we present in this podcast.